Welcome to Landmark Worship Center's audio podcast. We hope that this message will inspire and encourage your life. So open your heart and mind and receive what God has for you today. Isaiah chapter 32 verse 13 through 15 Isaiah 32 13 through 15 Praise God As you're turning there in your Bibles please get a calendar for the month of December and um, uh, there are some uh, calendar events of course this is also on our website Landmark Worship Center com and we also have some of these out on the welcome desk in the entryway of the church. We want to, you to take one and um, be a part of our activities. We've got several things coming up: uh, ladies' Christmas party, uh, Christmas program. Um, there is a uh, section for a hyphen party. Uh, we do have our Wednesday night church Christmas parties. And um, Christmas for Christ offering, a lot of things going on. And also, uh, we want to remind you that we do have a Sunday night service coming up, and that is a candlelight service, real Christmas. So we're excited about that, and we want everybody to join in. Invite people to come to that service. There's no telling what God will do in our candlelight service that night. So... That is next Sunday, next Sunday night. Everybody say next Sunday night. Okay, now you don't have to ask me. Because we have said it. We have settled the score there. So next Sunday night, and I believe that is at 6 o'clock. 6 o'clock, and um, uh, be in prayer about that service. Invite someone to come. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 32, verse 13 through 15, it reads, Upon the land of my people shall come up thorns and briars. Yea, upon all the houses of joy in the joyous city. Because the palaces shall be forsaken, the multitude of the city shall be left. The forts and towers shall be for dens forever, and joy of wild asses, a pasture of flocks. But then there is a turning point in verse 15, and it says, Until the Spirit be poured upon us from on high, and the wilderness be a fruitful field, and the fruitful field be counted for a forest. I want to preach to you today on this subject, God's gift brings life. God's gift brings life. Turn around and shake hands with a couple of people around you, and you may be seated. God's gift brings life life. So good to be in the house of the Lord today. Beautiful presence of God. When we worship the Lord, His presence is here. And I thank the Lord for that. 
in Isaiah 32, 13 through 15. It is, in this chapter, it's talking about some very destructive things because the city was neglected and struggle came, but then there was a turning point. And at every uh, turning point, there is a landmark. And this church is a landmark, Landmark Worship Center. It is a turning point, a, to- a point of turning from maybe bad to good. Turning to God is always good. Can I hear an amen? And uh, there are some gifts that God wants to give out. Uh, we are in that gift-giving season. We are in a time where people will be given gifts, and some people have been confused at times. Well, we're celebrating the birth of Christ, so why are we giving gifts to each other? But yet, I do know that that God is a gift giver. He is a gift giver. And I know that, for one thing, uh, as long as it doesn't get too far out of hand, I'm sure that God is a is glad that we're able to give gifts of love and appreciation to one another because that is a part of the gift of God to us. And He, of course, has given great gifts. Um, let me ask the question, and don't raise your hand if you have done this, but I would, I would guess that if, when I ask this question, we probably all could raise our hand. But don't raise your hand. But let me ask the question, uh, has anybody ever at some point around Christmas time, uh, you know, you had to get one more gift. You just had to get one more gift, so you, you know, you didn't give much thought to it, so you go over to the grab basket in the store, and you just grab something and throw it on the, the uh, cashier's uh, uh, conveyor or whatever, and it goes down, and you pay for it, and you didn't even give much thought to it. You just grab something and just going to wrap it, and, or maybe not even wrap it, just put it in a sack. <laughs> um, I shouldn't have said that. Because I've done that before, too. I, you know, I shouldn't have said that. Uh, it just came out. But how many, how many times have you done that where you just really didn't give much thought to it? You just, you just grabbed something and threw it because you just had to buy something. I know probably all of us have at some point or another. And not much thought to the, to the quality of it, not much thought to what it is, just something to give. And, of course, there have been times that we have received gifts that you never use. You'll, ne- you'll, never, you'll never use it. Uh, but it's the thought that means so much. Just the thought that someone cared enough and thought about me or you to give a gift. That's, that's a beautiful thing. But I do want to say here today that the gifts that God gives are not gifts that he didn't put much thought in. Because God gave everything. He, had, he didn't just put thought into it. He put his heart, soul, his blood, his, his life. He laid down his life upon the cross as a gift to us, to all mankind. He came to this earth and he, and he was born in a manger. Uh, he walked upon this earth. He had a ministry. Uh, he preached. He led disciples. He, 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 um, 
gave of himself. He opened the blinded eyes. He unstopped the deaf ears. The lame got up and walked because of him touching them. The, the woman with the issue of blood, she was healed. Uh, the people that were filled with devils, they were delivered. I mean, the list goes on and on about the things that God has done for people and, and for us. And because He gave His life upon the cross uh, and then also sent His own Spirit back in the form of the power of the Holy Ghost, because of that, He didn't just reach in a grab bag somewhere or reach into a basket somewhere and pull something out. He actually had much thought in this. He, he, he gave His heart soul and everything that God could give to it. He gave it to it because He didn't just do it just because He was going to, as a blanket thing, give to everybody. He did it because He knows us by name. He knows our feelings. He knows our heart. He knows our needs. He knows what we have need of before we even ask. He is a God that knows all things. So He puts so much thought into these things, into the gift of His Spirit that He gives to us. And what a beautiful gift that it is. What a beautiful sacrifice that He made when He he went to the cross and gave His life for us. The whole process of Him coming to this earth and laying down His life for us. It is a gift with much thought and much feeling. Amen. And you know, the greatest gifts that you ever received in your life, you can think back of gifts that you have received, maybe not just at Christmas, but at a birthday or or maybe just a gift just because, just a gift just because someone was thinking about you. But some of the greatest gifts you ever have ever received in your life were determined by what you perceived at that stage of your life. It could be something that you're going through. I know that uh, to a child... At Christmas time, a doll, a young girl, a doll, giving that child a, a doll means so much. Or to a young boy, a, a young man, a transformer or a, a ball. You put a ball in their hand, they're going to have fun for ages. And a stick or a bat or something in their hand, they're going to have fun. But a, a, a little girl loves dolls. To a teenager, maybe it's stylish yet modest clothes. Uh, or to a young man, it might be a possible video game of some type. It might be something along those lines. To an adult, to adult to woman, it might be a purse, or it might be a pair of shoes, or a dress. Uh, and to a man, it might be a fishing pole, or it might be some some kind of uh, hunting paraphernalia that they could use. Uh, you know, we have different things as we go through life. I know when, when I was a child, uh, the, the, the fishing and the hunting things were not as important as it is possibly today. Now, uh, a transformer means nothing to me because I don't even hardly know what a tra- I can't even work those things. I, you know, they, they hand it to me and say, here, uh, you know, they, look what I made, and I'm trying to switch it around and make it into transform it into a car where they've got it into some kind of a robot and I can't even do it. I, uh, I'm too, too beyond that, I guess I could say. Or, and there are some skilled, skilled young men and women here today that can do that Rubik's Cube. Anybody ever done a Rubik's Cube? I know uh, you put one in the hands and mix it up and, and you put one in the hands of Brother Austin and he can work it out in how long? 45 seconds. My. 
I can't do that. All I see is just colors mixing up even worse as I turn these cubes and try to get everything to work together. But, you know, in, in the stage of life, things change. And then uh, as an elder adult, you get to the point where you don't need anything. you got everything you need. Just the joy of seeing a child uh, open up a package and the smile on their face because something that they wanted so badly, just the joy of seeing them open up a gift is such a beautiful thing. Um, and uh, seeing others excited and wrapping that gift. And there are different stages of our life that we go through and different things that we need at different stages of life. Uh, and God has truly blessed us as people here in America. We are blessed. We are greatly blessed. But then, you know, when you consider those gifts that are so very important to a child or to a teenager, to an adult, to an elder, those gifts are very important at that stage of life. But then it really comes down to what you perceive as your greatest need in life will determine what excites you the most. Uh, then they, the view from someone that is desperate, someone that is hungry, someone that is thirsty, and somebody that is hurting. The importance of gifts change by their desperation, by their perspective at that point, what they're looking at in life, the struggle of life. Just a drink of cool, clean water would be a beautiful gift to them, and they would be all excited. Just a piece of bread and a morsel of food. I, I have walked down some of the streets of New Orleans, and I have seen those on the side of the street just needing a morsel of food or a drink of water, and they didn't know where the next piece of food was going to come from. And if you gave them some food, they would be so excited like a child open up a present, unwrapping it, and the excitement that is there would be upon their face and giving of thanks that you thought of them. Just the relief from the pain and broken relationships, uh, just that relief is a beautiful gift to many people in our world. The desperate to find uh, a relief from a sickness or a disease where doctors can't do anything, just that gift of a relief in that. Uh, uh, the desperate to find that relief. And just to know that someone cares about them in a time of loneliness. Uh, you know, loneliness can be very interesting because loneliness, we think of people being all alone by themselves. And there are people in this world today that are all alone, don't have anybody to turn to. I heard here recently that there was a war veteran that uh, had passed away and he had no family. He had nobody to be there for his funeral. And when the word got out to other uh, military veterans, they began to show up in droves at his funeral and to be there in honor of this man that, that had sacrificed so much in his life. They were there for him. And, and, and it's sad that they weren't able to show him that concern and, and, and appreciation while he was living. But you know, loneliness is very interesting because loneliness cannot just be when you're all alone by yourself. Loneliness, that feeling of loneliness could be even when you're in a crowded room with people 
And uh, you could still feel that loneliness that nobody cares. Nobody knows my hurts. Nobody knows my feelings. Nobody understands where I'm at in life. But to those that are lonely, just someone letting somebody know, hey, I care about you is a beautiful gift and a smile will come upon their face because it's unbelievable but it's that somebody would actually care for me. You see, there's different levels of appreciation for gifts. It just depends on what, what place of desperation or lack thereof that you're in at that time will determine the appreciation of a gift. The most important things in life are determined by where you are at in life. Some don't care about the game cube or a, or a new pair of shoes. Just help me out of the struggle of life. There must be more to life than this. Some people will say, there's got to be more to life than just this life that I'm living. And many times people have said that over and over and over again. But yet, the greatest gift to all mankind is a a gift that is given not by man, but it is given by the Lord. And at all levels and at all perspectives is the gift of Jesus Christ and the power of His Spirit. It comes at a beautiful place at all levels, whether you're at a point of not desperation, but you are at a point of high victory. But it also comes as the most greatest gift of all, greater than food, than than breath to breathe, greater than water to drink, uh, greater than anything in this life is the gift that God has prepared for us and that He's put much thought into and that He has put everything that He has, His total being that God has put into it as a gift to you and me. I give you Jesus. I give you Jesus because that's what God has given to us. As I give you the Word of God, I give you Jesus. I give you His gifts. I give you His Spirit because it's the greatest thing that could ever touch your life. And if you've never received the power of the Holy Ghost in your life, I'm telling you, you need to receive it today because it is the most beautiful thing. It's greater than any gift that could ever be given this Christmas holiday that is the gift of Jesus. And to the people of the Bible that lived in a wilderness, as we walked and rode through Israel, uh, one of the things that they talked about of history that it really hasn't changed even today, but yet uh, uh, water was very, very scarce. But water was one of the most important things to people that walked in the desert. It was a sustainer of life. That's the reason why people built their homes around streams and rivers. Uh, Big cities are built around rivers and streams is because water uh, is a part of life. Food was very important in the wilderness or in the desert uh, to, to prolong life and give strength. And shelter was very important to protect them from the elements of the sun and even clothes to cover from the sun and maintain, of course, morality at that time. You see, there's a lot of things that we overlook. How many times have we overlooked just a drink of water? You know, we have these bottled waters. I wish I had thought about this. Who ever thought about selling water? I used to go to the tap when I was a kid and get a glass, put it under the the tap and turn the faucet on and drink water. It didn't kill me. I'm still alive today. 
But we have purified water. You know, how many times we drink water and we don't even really think about the gift of life that comes. If we didn't have water, we would not exist. How many think about that food? We just go to the table and eat it, but yet there's people in this world that don't know where the next food's going to come from. People in this world don't know where they're going to find the shoes. They're going to take care of the ones that have holes in them. And they continue. I've seen it. I've seen people put cardboard in their shoes to try to take care of the holes that were in their shoes because they didn't know where the next pair of shoes were going to come from. But it matters where you're at and your desperation. You see, sometimes people don't feel like they're desperate enough to have the gift of God. Sometimes people don't feel like they're desperate. Everything's going good. Everything's going fine. But yet, there are times that when things don't go fine, you still have a point where you don't turn to God because you feel like you can make it on your own. And we tend to gloss over, gloss over the need for God with, with all of the things of this life. But God has given the gift of the Holy Ghost. He's given it freely. He, he has it here today, just crying out of repentance before the Lord. And He will pour out His Spirit upon us if we just open up our hearts to Him. But values have changed in lives. Where are the days of hungry and thirsty souls? We get to a point where we gloss it over. We, we say, well, we can make it on our own. Let me tell you something. You can't make it on your own. You might be able to make it for a period of time, but you need God. Because when you get beyond this life and you stand before God, you've got to come before Him and you have made yourself worthy before Him. You might say, well, I can't do that. I can't, I can't give it all. But you can give it all to God. And when you give it all to God, He will give you gifts that you never thought you could receive in your life. Where are the days of a hungry and thirsty soul? I believe they're still out there. Oh, they, they're out there all right, and they're also in here. Hungry souls. We might act like we're not hungry. We might act like we're not thirsty for the breath of God. But let me tell you something. In the presence of the Lord, oh, there's hungry people in the, in the house. There's hungry people in our community. There's hungry people in this world that are wanting something more than what they have. If you really begin to peel away the layers of our heart and of our soul and of our life, what you're going to find there is exactly what you know is in there. There is a hungering for God. There is a hungering for more to life than what you have right now. There is a hungering and a desire for the gift of God in your life. Oh, whatever happened to the hungry and thirsty souls? Yes, they're here. We're here today. We're hungry. We're thirsty. Many have glossed it over with temporal desires. Deep down, there is a soul that is crying. There must be more to life than this. There must be more to life than this. It depends on what level of desperation you're at. Depends on what level and what perspective you are at at this point in life. If you will make a decision to the Lord. It says here in Isaiah 32, 13 through 20, And upon the land of my people shall come up thorns. Now notice this chapter here, or this these verses, these two verses I'm going to read first, 13 and 14, talks about a destruction. Talks about 
hardship. Talks about even possibly curse upon the land. Upon the land of my people shall come up thorns. We don't like thorns. And briars. Yea, upon all the houses of joy in the joyous city, which I look at it as this is what used to be. It used to be a joyous city, but now it's got thorns and briars. It's got hardships. It's got struggles. And then verse 14 says, Because the palaces shall be forsaken, the multitude of the city shall be left. The forts and towers shall be for dens forever. A joy of wild asses, a pasture of flocks. You see, it was a time of desperation. Desperation of the soul increases as it is left neglected. It was a city. Can you imagine a city of St. Louis? You drive in a city or, or New York, there's songs about New York, New York. It's a city that never falls asleep, never goes to sleep. Light shining. Life walking up and down the streets. People everywhere. But can you imagine the city of New York and the city of St. Louis? If you walk into that city and it's uninhabited. Nobody there. The deterioration of the buildings. The brick falling off. The lights have gone out. Wild animals have come into the city and taken uh, housing in the homes or in the apartments and in the, in the, in the stores. And how it becomes a pasture for flocks and the wild animals. Can you imagine no children laughing? Can you imagine no sounds of life? It, it's, it's a difficult thought to think about. A city that has totally been destroyed and there's no more life and no laughter there and no happiness there. Just sounds of wind whistling among the buildings and sight of brokenness. Wild animals have taken over. Thorns and briars is what the Bible says. Take over the houses of the joy, of joy in a joyous city. This is the results of neglect. This is also, when you consider the soul, this is a neglect of the soul. This is what our soul will become if we neglect the soul and we don't allow life to be pumped into our hearts and into our souls of the Spirit of God. This is the results of sin. Sin brings forth, as the Bible says, the wages of sin is death. Only pleasing self-desires and neglect of the soul. It's been put aside. It's been glossed over with the things of the flesh and sin. Things that please self. But I'm here to tell you today that there is a gift that Jesus gives. A gift that is greater than any other gift that you could even imagine or think. It is a gift that is so powerful. It is a gift of life. It is a gift of joy. It's a gift of happiness. There is a gift that Jesus gives that covers all the desires of all people, of all ages, of all backgrounds, of all levels of desperation. It is the gift of God's Spirit in our lives. I've come here today to preach this message to deliver this gift that God has given. I can't give you the Holy Ghost, but I can deliver the Word that leads you to it. 
I can deliver the Word that leads you to it, but it's God that has already prepared the gift and He's already given it. He said you can have it if you come and receive it. The gift of the Spirit of God. God's Spirit changes everything in our lives. And when we talk about Isaiah 13 and 14, of the destruction and of the struggle, then there is a total change in the book of Isaiah chapter 32 and verse 15. And it stops when it's talking about the destruction in 13 and 14. At 15, verse 15, it says, Until the Spirit be poured upon us from on high. It doesn't come on low. It comes from high. It comes from God. It is the gift of God. It is a supernatural experience in the Lord. It is not something we can conjure up. It is not something that we can work up on our own. It's just simply when we obey the Word of God and repent of our sins, it's the power of the Holy Ghost that comes into our lives. And it is a gift from the Lord. And when you receive it, you will be saying, trust me, you will be saying, saying, I wish I'd received this a long time ago. You know why I know that? Because I said that. And I've heard others say that. But it says, until the Spirit be poured upon us from on high, listen to the change that comes forth in the gift of God. And the wilderness be fruitful field. And the fruitful field be counted for a forest. It's life coming back to the wilderness. Then judgment shall dwell in the wilderness. And righteousness remain in the fruitful field. And the work of righteousness shall be Peace. Everybody likes peace. And the effect of righteousness, quietness, and assurance forever. And my people shall dwell in a peaceable habitation and in sure dwellings in a quiet resting places. When it shall hail coming down on the forest and the city shall be low in a low place. Blessed are ye that sow beside all waters that send forth thither the feet of the ox and the ass. You see, it went from struggle. It went from desperation. It went from neglect. It went from hardships of life until the Spirit of God comes in and then all things in the wilderness and then in the desert began to come back to life again. What am I saying here today? I'm telling you that when the soul is walking through a wilderness time and it's a struggle and you're wondering how you're going to get past this struggle and past this problem when you allow the Spirit of God to come from on high into your heart and into your life and you receive the power of the Holy Ghost as in the book of Acts chapter 2, I tell you what happens. There is a new fresh life of water flowing in the wilderness, flowing in the desert where you couldn't get a breath of fresh air when God's Spirit moves. You breathe in that fresh breath of air from the presence of God. And yes, you might still be in the struggle, but you have a new perspective of how to overcome because in the presence of the Lord, it brings things forth from death to life. That's the gift of God. When you face struggle and destruction in life, nothing else matters but the gift of God's Spirit. When you're desperate, when your soul is desperate, you're going to want God, no matter what the cost. And trust me, it's going to be worth it. Nothing else matters but the gift of God when you're going through struggle and destruction in life. It is, as the Bible says, the treasure in earthen vessels. It is the gift of life that God gives. We're celebrating the birth of Christ 
but yet he's still giving out gifts. Because that's God. He's still giving out gifts because He wants to see your soul go from destruction to happiness and peace and quietness and victory. He wants you to lay your head down to sleep at night and feel the peace of God again in your heart and soul. He wants you to feel it because it's a gift from the Lord and that's His desire for your life. Not for you to find destruction. Not for you to find frustration. Not for you to find unhappiness. Not for you to find a a, a miserable time of life and think that the only choice is to end it all. And that's where some people get to. Because they haven't allowed the gift of God to come in to their life. When you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, the joy and happiness of life will be restored and even greater than what you ever felt before. Trust me, I've been there. Brokenness will be healed. Loneliness will be replaced with a caring God and a caring church family. Peace deep down in your soul will be restored because this is the gift of God. You know what the Lord was thinking when He put this gift together of His Spirit entering into man was to restore us from that empty shell of a city that used to be joyous into a city that was part of destruction. But you know what He was thinking? He was thinking when we begin to unwrap that gift of the power of the Holy Ghost, that there's going to be a smile on our face. I've never seen anybody that received the Holy Ghost didn't have a smile on their face because they felt the freedom and liberty and joy of the Spirit of God entering into them. And it was not just something that was just picked off of the shelf to give to us. It had much thought. It had much much love wrapped up into it. When he tied the bow in it, he was he had a love and a compassion for us. It was so much love and compassion that it took him giving of his life, wrapping his spirit in flesh and giving his life for us because he loves us. And peace will come. This was prophesied in the book of Joel, chapter 2 and 28 through 32. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. And what that says to me, He's going to pour His Spirit out upon all flesh. But it depends on how we treat it if we receive it. I will pour out of my Spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And upon all the servants and upon the handmaids in those days I will pour out of my spirit and I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth blood and fire pillars of smoke the sun shall be turned into darkness the moon into blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord come and it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered for in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance as the Lord hath said and in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. It is a gift from God. You might say, well, where is the gift there he's talking about? It says in the book of Acts, chapter 1, verse 4 through 5, he calls it a promise and then later calls it a gift. 
in Acts 1 and 4 and 5, and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith, He, ye have heard of me, for John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost. Spirit of God, not many days hence. goes on, Acts chapter 2, verse 1 through 4, when it actually happened, they were at Jerusalem in a prayer meeting, waiting for that promise to come. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. They received it. But then later in the chapter, Acts 2, as Peter stood up, was explaining what all this meant. He quoted a lot of the prophecy from the book of Joel. This is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel. And then in Acts 2, 37, as he spoke the word, the people started saying, okay, they were pricked in their heart. Their heart was moved. And when they heard this, Acts 2.37, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? What shall we do to receive this gift? The gift that the God of all creation has wrapped up specially for you, for me. How shall we receive this? What shall we do? Acts 2.38 Then Peter said unto them, Repent. Ask God to forgive you for your sins. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift. The gift. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. The gift. There it is. As we're giving gifts to one another, the Lord has given the greatest gift. The greatest gift. No, it's not, uh, it's not. It didn't come from a store. It didn't come from Walmart, although people have received the Holy Ghost from Walmart. Is that right, Brother Will? He received the Holy Ghost at Walmart. It didn't come from buying it at uh, Schnucks. It didn't come from going to Macy's. It didn't come by going to uh, Lord and Taylor's. Didn't come by those means, but it came by just simply repenting, opening up your heart to the Lord, and giving your heart and soul to Him because He's already given the greatest gift. It's here for you. Beautiful blessing of the Holy Ghost. What do you give to God that seems to the What do you give to the God that seems to have everything? Have you ever heard that saying? You know, what, what do you give to somebody that has everything? 
But what do you give to the God that seems to have everything? God's got everything except for one thing. Us. Unless we have given ourselves to Him. What do you give to a God that has everything? He doesn't have you if you haven't given your life to the Lord. But if we're going to give the greatest gift that we could give to the Lord this Christmas, give your life, give your heart, give your soul to Him in repentance. And He will bless you with this gift that He's already given, the power of the Spirit of God that brings water in the desert. It brings food in the wilderness. That brings life to where it seems that there's just dried up bones and death all around us. But it brings forth a breath of fresh air, a new life, a new peace, a new joy. And the only way you could ever experience or ever know what I'm talking about is to receive it for yourself. I could use all kinds of adjectives to describe the power that God gives because I could tell you what I felt, what I experienced, the joy that I felt that day, the lifting of the burdens and the heartaches and the pains off of me that I felt lifted and I felt free and I felt good. I felt happy again. I felt joyous in my life. I felt like I could overcome anything in life. I felt like the sins that I had was a part of, I could overcome them. I was able to conquer it now. I had the gift of life. I had the gift of joy. I had the gift of new life in me. I felt so good, so free. I felt like I was walking on the clouds, but I could just tell you that. But the only way you can receive that and know it for yourself is you've got, you've got to receive it for yourself. It's a gift that God has already given. You just have to receive it. I'd like for us to stand here today. What do you have to give to God that seems to have everything? We need to give of our heart, soul, and life to the Lord. I'd like for us to all bow our heads today, if we would. I'd like for us to close our eyes. I want us to think about the great gifts that God has given to us. And we want to give back to the Lord. But I would like for us today to start that process, if you would, by just simply with your own heart, with your own voice, just begin to tell the Lord, God, I'm sorry for my sins. Forgive me, God. Forgive me, God. Can we do that right now? Dear Lord, I, I am so sorry for the sins that I've committed in my life. We've all sinned, fall short of the glory of God. Speak it from your heart today. God, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Please forgive me for what I have done. God, there's things that I don't even know if you could forgive me for, but yet the Bible says He is faithful and just to forgive us if we ask. He will forgive you. 
God, I offer it to You. I give it to You right now, God. Things, I, I just don't know how it all works, but God, here it is. I give it to You. Forgive me, Jesus. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive my sins. Forgive my trespasses. Forgive me for disobeying Your Word. God, I give it to You. Forgive me, God. And if you repent, you have repented. You've asked Him to forgive. And He is faithful and just to forgive you. In Jesus' name, God, I give it to You. I give it to You. I give it to You. And now I'd like for you, if you would, to lift your hands if you want to come up around this altar. Even if you want to kneel at this altar and continue in repentance today. Or if you want to kneel at your pew, if you want to repent further and let God cleanse you, He will do that today. But there are some that are ready to receive the Holy Ghost. I want you to just lift your hands to the Lord. I want you to lift your heart to the Lord here today. And let God lift you and minister to you because His Spirit comes from on high. Oh God, I praise You.